Hello, welcome back to It Happens to Us, the podcast where I talk with guests about the inevitable in hopes to normalize conversation around death and dying in our modern day society. I'm your host and daughter of funeral director, Devin Noel Snyder. In this episode, I talk with musical artist Caroline Red. Caroline and I met while working retail in Nashville and became fast friends over our mutual interests in the paranormal, as well as our shared history of growing up in the church. Caroline has not experienced the loss of a loved one. However, we touch on many topics relating to death, including growing up attending funerals of distant family and friends, death caused by natural disasters, thoughts on what will happen when her parents die, and how religion and science are not mutually exclusive when it comes to spirituality and the afterlife. During our discussion, we also take a dive into the paranormal, and Caroline shares her experience of investigating the haunted Hales Bar Dam near Chattanooga, Tennessee. This episode briefly touches on thoughts and acts of suicide. Listener discretion is advised. Now please enjoy my tangential journey of thoughts on death with Caroline Red. Finally doing it. Yes, in the same room. I was listening to Cat's episode in the car. Were you? So good. Yeah. Um. I know. I feel like I'm out of practice. Well, but it's fine. You know. We'll get into it. I love to be a test subject. Oh, good. (laughs) Um. Okay. Well, we'll just jump right in then. Uh, what was your like first experience with death? So I have lived a really fortunate life um, to where not many super close family members have died. I remember like being probably like three or four and then being like, grandpa's dead. We're going to his funeral (laughs) (laughs) and me being like, okay, like, I don't know. Like, I don't really remember him that much. He just had like bright blue eyes and always used to call me sugar and like he was a sweet man. But I think like. I do remember probably after that when I was four or five sitting in the car on the way home from church, like looking at just like cars driving and being like, man, like there's literally nothing preventing any of us from dying at any point. I mean, like, well, which this sounds like horribly morbid, but like thinking like, okay, if mom and dad were to die, who would like who would I rather die first because they're not gonna go in the same time and like very like like analytically like being like well if mom dies this would happen and Mm -hmm. if dad dies this would happen and like things like that and then since like having that thought being like really paralyzed by the thought of death when I was younger like anytime Mm. I would like hear about someone dying or like there would be an extended family member that died it was just always like the most uncomfortable thing of like being kind of dragged to family funerals and like a neighbor's funeral and being like, I have no personal connection aside from that. My parents know these people, but still like, you know, looking at an open casket and Mm -hmm. being like, that's a dead body. And I interacted with that person several times. Yeah. Just kind of like being like, what? Yeah. So that's like earliest experiences. I think. Yeah. And that's always weird too, because if you, like, if you interacted with them a few times, it's kind of like, well, I didn't really know you, and now you're dead. Like, and here I am. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> yeah. Very, very strange. Because it's like... weird, because you're not, like, affected the way other people are at the funeral, and so you just feel kind of awkward about it. Yeah. yeah, and then, like, 
in high school, I guess, like, when people would die, like, going to funerals and being like, well, shit, like, what do I wear? Mm -hmm. Like, just, like, not really knowing, like, what was appropriate and what wasn't and just kind of, like, sitting through and gritting through it and getting through my own, like, anxieties over death and Mm -hmm. things like that. I think, like, the first, like, I would say, like, in the last several years, I've come closer to people that I know Mm -hmm. dying um there was a family who had a kid who was born 10 days after me Nate and he was autistic and Mm -hmm. the sweetest kid growing up just like so kind so loving so wonderful and probably two years ago he had a stroke Mm -hmm. and he died and I like that was like I think weirdly like my first funeral where I was very very conscious of like this is a very young person and Mm. it's not fair and like he never hurt a fly and this is like very very like strange someone who wasn't super in my life but Mm -hmm. I was very affected of just thinking like why why him of all people Mm -hmm. and like realizing and kind of coming more into grips with like mortality I think COVID-19 I think the tornado too like there was a tornado that hit Nashville for friends who may not remember this um and there were that was 2020 that happened yeah like yeah beginning right before I moved here beginning of 2020 and I remember like that night being up and like watching it watching the line of the storm hit Mm -hmm. like all of my friends neighborhoods Mm -hmm. and knowing that it was going down the street of a friend of mine who we weren't speaking at the time but Mm -hmm. like texting her and have it like waiting for 30 minutes like just like stomach churning being like she might be dead Mm -hmm. and our last interaction was not a positive one and like I love her and this is like this sucks and she was fine um a couple like Mike and Aubrey who worked at Attaboy and the Fox which are two bars they were walking home and they both passed in the storm and Mm -hmm. like they were very very loved by the community and like I knew them sort of just by going to those bars but Mm -hmm. like again one of those things where it was just like whoa like this like is not fair and like any of us can go at any time and then like seeing the community kind of rally together to like pick up the wreckage of the storm and it was this beautiful moment where it was like everybody joined hands and was like let's get through this Mm -hmm. and then the pandemic hit (laughs) yeah all that went out the window which also was very like what yeah (laughs) I know. I feel like we're just living in Groundhog Day at this point because the pandemic is still happening. Yeah. People are still dying, even though it's like kind of better, but it's still happening. And then the tornado that, well, thank God it didn't hit us the other night, um, last Friday. Uh, But I was in this bathroom right here, hiding. (laughs) Um, And yeah, just like reading articles the next day about people being like, oh, like, you know, it was meant to be that, like, or, like, God was really watching out for us. And I'm like, okay, well, God was watching out for you, but what happened to the people in Bowling Green that he wasn't watching out for? Like, how do you make sense of that? Yeah, that's, like, very, it feels like growing up in a very, like, religious family and in a lot of religious communities, it feels very, very, um, I don't know, it, like, I get that it's, like, it's a comforting thing of, like, oh, God's looking out for us. But Mm -hmm. it's, like, yeah, but, like, also, what are you talking about? Like, what makes your life worth anything more than, like, the people in the candle shop who, Mm -hmm. like, were working the third shift and didn't have the option of going home and then died? 
died because of it, you know? It's very, like, very, very confusing, and it feels, like, insensitive. And it's, like, meant in love. That's the bad – that's the, like, difficult part of it. It's, like, this these grand statements that are, like, um, oh, well, God's looking out for us and, like, all that. It's, like, it's meant in love, and Mm -hmm. it comes from a good place, but it is wildly insensitive to, like, you know, people who died in the tornado or, like – People who get sick for no reason, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, it was funny. You talked about driving around and watching people. Coming from L.A., I'm terrified to drive in Nashville. It is so scary. This last week, I've almost gotten in four wrecks just because people drive crazy. And so I do think about it all the time. I'm just like, well, somebody could just slam into me. like, Right? And it's very like, <laughs> it's like, Oh, haha, Nashville drivers. But every now and then I'm hit with something and I'm like, whoa. Like, yeah. like we put ourselves at risk every day without mm-hmm. knowing it. But at the same time, it's like if you live paralyzed by that and be like, well, I'm just not going to leave my house, then what yeah. type of life are you living? Right. Yeah. Um, I also think about which of my parents should go first not which one of them should go first that sounds bad (laughs) no I I totally understand but like I I'm like it's that thing well this would happen if this one goes first and that would happen if this one goes first and not that I want either of them to die I'm also at this point in my life where I'm like oh shit I'm getting older my parents are getting older not that they're gonna die anytime soon fingers crossed but I'm just like at that stage where I'm like oh, this, this is kind of real. Like, what am I, I'm, I'm not prepared for it. Yeah, it's like the more like the birthdays add up and also mm-hmm. like seeing my parents aging and seeing friends' parents aging. Like yeah. we went bowling with um, a family who like have no, literally like filmed my brother's birth like <laughs> in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like great friends, but like I haven't seen them in a second. Just kind of like looking at them being like, oh, like we're aging yeah like death is like very real and that's very like even just like hearing dad be like well we don't know if we're gonna have to like sell the house in a few years because it's two stories and our bedroom's on top and we want to be in a place where we have mobility and it's Mm -hmm. like oh yeah my parents are at the same place they're gonna move out here eventually and my mom's like I need she's like I don't mind if I have a second like two stories but I need the master bedroom to be on the first floor because I'm not climbing upstairs and I'm just like oh god what is happening <laughs> and it's very like it's very alarming but it's also like you you're gonna have to think about that at some point you know yeah. we got like I recognize in myself like even just like with how I have been living and like you know burning the candle at both ends to a degree and mm-hmm. like I'm thinking a lot more about like my physical health more mm-hmm. than ever and like like health insurance like right now like the way that my income laid out like the government was like you can pay 276 dollars a month for health insurance and that's Mm -hmm. your cheapest option and Mm -hmm. horrible deductible and I was like man I can't afford this and like I'm fortunate enough to where like my parents are like helping me resubmit application and go through it but just thinking about like I am so fortunate that I'm able to like work with my parents in that way but people Mm. in my same position who don't have a working relationship with their parents or money to pay someone to help them figure it out it's Mm -hmm. like dang like health stuff's important and like you know there is like nothing is a guarantee there's no certainties in life Mm -hmm. but also anything that can be done to like 
protect my well-being and my health. It's something that, like, I think about a lot more now than I think I ever did because I was very much living day to day, moment Mm -hmm. to moment. And now I'm kind of, like, looking more towards the future of, like, how do I set myself up in a way that, like, I'm able to take care of myself and take care of the people around me Mm -hmm. and also my parents, too, because it's, like, somebody's going to have to take care of them. Yeah. I know. I think about that a lot, too. And a girl I work with, her mom retired. She's only 62, but she moved herself into a retirement home. And on one hand, I was like, why is she so young? Like, that feels weird. But on the other hand, I'm like, well, that's kind of nice. She doesn't have to worry about it now. Yeah. And also, like, old people have the best stories. Like, living Mm -hmm. in a retirement community, like, obviously, like, you know, there's, there's a lot about, like, being surrounded by death and, like you know watching people at the end of their days that to a degree I'm certain is depressing but also old people have the best stories and like are so like concerned with like living in the moment and like Mm -hmm. just being present which seems you know shit like doesn't sound too bad to me yeah yeah and I've I've been thinking about that too lately growing up because my grandma she was like an old grandma um and she died when I was 21 or 22 uh, but I definitely went through this phase. Like when you're a little kid, it's like, oh, this great grandma's here. We're going to bake. We're going to sew. We're going to do this. Mm-hmm. But as I like became a teenager, I was kind of like, well, I don't really know how to talk to you and I don't know how to be around you. And now that she's gone and I'm an adult, I'm like, oh, maybe I should have like learned from you more. Yeah. That's something that I'm having with my extended family. Like I feel like for the last several years, I've just been like kind of like awkward and have trouble like having those conversations mm-hmm. and like not sure like how to relate like how do I explain like who I'm around and like the things that are like my career like how do I explain that to someone who doesn't have the reference point but also it's like it doesn't matter so much Mm -hmm. and like at Thanksgiving I've been like living in San Diego and I moved back for a second I'm going back in a little bit Mm -hmm. but it's the first Thanksgiving that we actually had extended extended family there since mm-hmm. the pandemic happened, mm-hmm. um, including like one of my dad's friends who grew up in the same church with us, who he just lost his wife this past mm-hmm. year due to COVID. Um, and it was like the sense of heaviness at the dinner table, but like in a very beautiful way mm-hmm. of all of us kind of like having our own baggage and our own weight that we were carrying, but still able to like share a meal and mm-hmm. like, have conversations and just kind of looking at my aunt Lynn who's a few years older than my mom and my mom's in her 60s -hmm. and like being like man like I love you so much and you are so funny and I want to keep having conversations with you Mm -hmm. and I kind of regret in the past maybe not being as present during family events Mm -hmm. and like there's reasons for that but I think now like as I'm getting older I'm like beginning to respect and like really treasure those moments yeah Yeah, family dynamic is super hard. Um, I'm fortunate enough to where I, like, don't have complications, but I know people do. But there's something about sharing a meal with people. Mm -hmm. Food just, like, brings you together. My eye, sorry. I've been having allergies, and my left eye is just, like, constantly. um, Yeah, there's something. I think there's that, like, beauty in that, even though everybody's, like, got their shit that they bring. You can all, like, sit together Mm -hmm. and enjoy a meal um yeah so you haven't experienced thankfully a death 
super close to you. Yeah. Have you had like friends or family who have that you've like seen them go through that? Yeah, I definitely, I mean, like my mom, um, I mean, shit, this last year has been filled with death, but like my mom has been very um, active in this church and found a pastor who she just really like resonated with and Mm -hmm. loved and who was a phenomenal speaker and he passed out of nowhere Mm. in a car accident like and just kind of watching mom grapple with that and my brother to like kind of handle that and like just the processing and the like seeing them be like it's not fair as well as like um one of one of my friends was uh, like helped produce this artist who he was um he was beat. he was choked out by a bouncer on Broadway this last year. Oh, and yeah. a lot of people have been convicted. It was a really bad situation. But it mm. was just like, yo, like, what? And my partner this year lost um, one of his friends from St. Louis, like, I think, you know, died of an overdose. Mm. And, like, he was so young. And just kind of seeing that is just like, man, like, very, very rough. Mm-hmm. I like I haven't had like super close intimate experiences my best friend lost her grandma and that was really hard a few years back don't know what that was a little bit cursed <laughs> <laughs> I swear this Airbnb is kind of haunted I mean it's wouldn't, fine. wouldn't surprise me that's yeah. all uh, that's all in Nashville but we'll yeah we'll crack into We're, that later. oh trust me it is in my notes <laughs> yeah so I've been like and, you know, like, in high school, another of my friends, like, was on the roller derby team, and a girl who was 11 um, took her own life, mm-hmm. and, like, I wasn't, I was thinking about this yesterday, just, like, because I've been thinking a lot about mortality and the mm-hmm. fact of, like, there's a lot of people I love that, like, at any minute, something could happen, yeah. or, like, have pre-existing health conditions, mm-hmm. and have been, like, dealing with, like, the fear of the pandemic, um, but just kind of thinking about like how that death really affect- affected my friend Kaylee, like she was really torn up for like a year and mm-hmm. I didn't really like, I don't know when you're like, you know, when you're 15 and grappling with like depression and you're mm-hmm. thinking about like, you know, taking your own life, you're not really mm-hmm. as concerned with what's happening. Right. Hello train. There's the train. It's so weird. Sometimes they're really loud and sometimes they're really quiet. I kind of like it too but yeah just kind of like watching that death rip her apart for a year and not Mm. really having like the words to like even talk to her about what she was experiencing Mm -hmm. and then just recently that came back and I was like yo that's a really really heavy weight to carry Mm -hmm. of like someone so young choosing to like take their own life is like heartbreaking also like a kid who I used to be pretty close with in high school his dad um they were on a boat like and they saw like another boat parked and there was like a little boy like kind of like drowning and mm. the dad like stopped the boat uh hopped off and he saved the kid but in the process he died and like that's just like what yeah. what the hell like yeah I saw there was a story about a plane crash I don't know where it was but the dad was holding his daughter who was like three four or five something like that she was little she survived but he died but it was because he was protecting her and able to like 
I guess, hold her and, like, shelter mm. her enough that she was able to live, but he died from mm. it. And it's stuff like that where it's, like, this well intent to help that other person, but you die in the pro. It just, again, that doesn't make sense. You think, like, they should both live. Like, why are they being punished or why is their family being punished? Because that person was doing the right thing and like being helpful yeah it's literally like it's stories like that I remember like when I was younger um and I think it was like used as like some very like some very grotesque metaphor in church for like (laughs) you know trusting God and it's like you're out on the roof of a house and the house is on fire and you're in your bedroom and you see your father down like several stories down and he has his arms out to like catch you like and you just and that's when you jump and me being like petrified as of heights as a kid just mm-hmm. like that story horrified me <laughs> wasn't a real story by any means but i just like yeah. roll over these like impossible not impossible obviously nothing mm-hmm. is but these ridiculous scenarios of like the house catching on fire mm-hmm. and like my parents dying and like a motorcycle crash you know just yeah. like shit like that that I didn't need to be preoccupied with but it was something that would like literally keep me up at night yeah and I think that's a lot to do with bless you <laughs> I think that has a lot to do with the like the fact that I have yet to experience a family member or a very, very close friend dying. Mm -hmm. And so there is like this curiosity and also this fear because it's like, you know, none of us are exempt from that unless like something happens and like I pass before I see any of my friends pass. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it, it is just kind of this thing that's like looming in the future that I like am very cognizant of, which, you know, some days I don't think about it, but when I do like, lately how I've been processing it is being like okay well then I'm just gonna like take the time and like spend it with my loved ones and my family and try to make sure that there's not a day that passes where like if I'm in communication with someone I love I make sure that they know that they are loved Mm -hmm. um but in the past it would just be like a like up like at night like as an 11 year old just like sobbing in my bed knowing my parents were gonna die like very like very very scary stuff but now it's kind of I try I try to like view it more as like an opportunity to really take into account what's around me and say thank you and I love you more yeah that's that's interesting for me coming from growing up around death it's always been like a fact like oh this is gonna happen and so when I was a kid I was just kind of like okay, well, this is part of my life because it's the family business. Like, it is what it is. But as I've gotten older and have experienced deaths here and there, um, it, it's just hit me now where I'm I'm in that, like, this is keeping me up at night. Mm-hmm. And I haven't gotten to the point quite yet where, it like, I, I'm not turning it into that positive of, like, oh, well, like, time is precious. It's limited, I'm more in the, like, anxiety and depression phase of it. Yeah, which, don't get me wrong, I'm there a lot. I think, like, kind of growing up, again, in a very religious environment, there's, like, this weird, morbid part of, like, Christianity where it's almost living to die. Like, mm-hmm. I remember, oh, this is this is a fun one. I remember <laughs> literally, like, being, like, 
six and my mom like explaining eternal life to me Mm -hmm. and me being like well if heaven's so great like why don't we just all kill ourselves (laughs) (laughs) which like and mom just kind of like stopped and was like um well (laughs) like didn't exactly know how to answer it I'm assuming Mm -hmm. how she answered it as best I can remember is like oh our time here is a gift and Mm -hmm. it's about like showing other people the love of God so they don't like go to hell right yeah which like as a kid I'm like "Ah." like (laughs) (laughs) like me like I get it but also like yo what that's funny yeah, and then some days, I, because I grew up the same way, I think about eternal life, and I'm like, that almost sounds exhausting. It sounds awful, right? <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, dang, like, and then I remember watching all dogs go to heaven, and oh they're just like, God. you know, the the dog Charlie is like, he doesn't want to be in heaven, this shit's boring. And, like, they're just all sitting around on clouds, like, playing harps and shit. Yeah. Like, it, like to me as a child I was like that sounds boring then to me as like a depressed like adolescent and like still someone who struggles with mental health like at times I'm like I don't want to be conscious like yeah. for that for like ever mm-hmm. like if it's true that we get to see our loved ones then like that's beautiful but also yeah. it's like at what point do we rest you know right yes well and that's the other thing and like when somebody passes even in well I feel like whether you're religious or not it's like oh well now you know now they get to rest and it's like are they <laughs> right I'm like none of y'all know like yeah. y'all y'all have hope and like hope and faith is a beautiful beautiful thing there's mm-hmm. a part of me that really like wants to that really, really wants to believe Mm -hmm. in that sort of, like, beautiful rest, nirvana, everything is positive energy, and you're hugging your loved ones, and it's, like, all the bad shit goes away. There's a part Mm -hmm. of me that really wishes that I had that assurance because I talk to my parents, and my parents are so at peace, Mm -hmm. like, very, very at peace. Like, my dad has, like, I feel like such a healthy relationship with death, and that's partially because, like... When him and my mom got married, um, my grandma on my dad's side took her own life mm. shortly after, mm. and dad's uh, dad's father also passed of a heart attack mm. afterwards, and my mom's mom got cancer, and then grandpa was the one who I vaguely remember, mm-hmm. but like they've experienced a lot of death so they seem to like have a bit more peace and they Mm -hmm. are both very strong like christians and very much believe the bible to a t Mm -hmm. and while like i'm still in a place where i'm personally kind of grappling and struggling with like where i fall on the spectrum of faith Mm -hmm. um i find myself envious of people who do have that assurance but also like in a way, like I'm saying, it's like living to die a little bit yeah. too. There's that aspect of it that I'm like, what, what, what are we doing mm-hmm. here? Like very, I don't know, but I like, I do wish I had that assurance a little yeah. bit. So do you have like any <clears throat> theories right now of what you think happens when we die? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I have a lot of curiosity Mm -hmm. I wonder a lot I think like I don't think it's just nothing or just like blackness or just like rest I do think that our spirits carry on whether that's that looks like a heaven or it looks like simply just like 
kind of floating through the world and just being a part of everything and like returning to like where we came from like Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the main thing like between like God spirituality like ghosts like encounters with like extraterrestrials I kind of think it all maybe is more connected than we're able to understand yeah then we're able to understand and then what the like high ups in the church want us to understand yeah because like aliens aren't in the bible so they can't be real but it's like mm, they actually might be in the bible and Yeah. yeah um but on that on people like clinically dying and coming back have you heard how when you die your body releases dmt yes yeah and so a a lot of times too i wonder like what they experience all sounds great and wonderful but like is it just this drug that our body naturally releases that is what they're experiencing which like i think about that too but i also think that like not to sound like a crazy person right but I think that like the supernatural and science are maybe more intertwined Mm -hmm. that and than any of us can understand and I don't think that we'll ever fully have a grasp on that like like acid DMT like shit like that where it's like you're seeing things and you feel all of this it's like well Mm -hmm. who's to say that that's not like right god or the universe Mm -hmm. who's to say that it's not then that that the ways that those chemicals react together and how our bodies respond to that who's Mm -hmm. to say that that's not a spiritual thing and i'm not like i would like to make it clear i am not doing drugs willy-nilly to like have a spiritual experience or anything like that but i think there is like a place where there's more overlap there Mm -hmm. and I've seen too much weird shit and heard too many stories from people that it's like yeah I don't know if it's something that'll ever be studied because it's like or if it will it'll probably be in a very um in the way that Christians love to use science to uh prove some kind of crazy things yeah Like, I don't know. It's something that, like, I'm not well-versed on, but the amount of, like, the amount of things that I read and the stories that I hear from friends who, like, use psychedelics heavily or, like, have tried DMT or, like, have had these experiences, there's something there that fundamentally changes you on a Mm -hmm. spiritual level, too, not just on, like, a a molecular level or, like, the people who trip and don't come down, you know? Mm -hmm. There's something there that shifts spiritually as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. As I've gotten older, I was raised like the world was created in seven days. Mm-hmm. And then, but the Bible also says like there is no sense of like there is no time in heaven or God has no sense of time or his sense of time is different than ours. So it's like who's to say that one day wasn't thousands of years? Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting as I've gotten older, I'm like, or then in science on the other side is like, well, this stuff couldn't be possible because science says this. And it's like, who's to say? It's the same with like, I might get in trouble for saying this, politics. Like the Republicans are like, this is right. And the Democrats are like, no, this is right. And it's like, why can't some things just be both right? Like there's this gray area that the things can come together it doesn't have to be one or the other. 
it's like this very human thing where we want to put stuff in boxes so mm-hmm. we can understand and explain it. And I think for a while, I very, when it came to like death and experiences afterwards or like faith or like, you know, magic or things like that, mm-hmm. like, I think that there's no real way any of us will know anything. And that's not to say that it's not important to ask questions and to learn and to like seek truth, but Mm -hmm. kind of understanding that it's like, at the end of the day, like we don't know anything and we never will. Mm -hmm. And that's the fun of it. That's the beauty of it. That's the mystery of the universe, which is like a really beautiful and powerful thing. And I think something that, for myself, I don't really jive with, like, how how religion really seeks to explain and put God in our terms or the universe in our terms instead of just letting things be what they are mm-hmm. and experiencing it for just what it is and not trying to say, well, it's this way because X, Y, Z thing says it is, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I think that's kind of, like, I don't know I think that's kind of counterintuitive to like the whole point of like trying to like interact with the universe or interact with God or have an understanding like I think it is possible to have some understanding Mm -hmm. and to like hold those experiences and like assign personal meaning to it but Mm -hmm. like it looks different for everybody you know and I don't part of me really really hopes that like when I die I'll get some answers about like everything like Mm -hmm. I would love nothing more than to like be proved wrong like Mm -hmm. when I pass and like waking up and being like oh shit heaven really is like (laughs) I'm seeing all my friends and loved ones and it really is like this like faith in Jesus that got me here and like all that I'd love nothing more than that Mm -hmm. but I don't know and I'll find out eventually but also like maybe not and that's Mm -hmm. okay too do you ever think like oh I might find out and I meet be proven wrong but on the flip side like like oh fuck I made the wrong decision like I lived life wrong and now I'm in this horrible place I don't think I believe in hell but I li- like I died and mm-hmm. like I got the the bad version of whatever happens I don't really think that will happen mm-hmm. I you know if that happens then you know I'll deal with it then <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. like I used to have that worry and I think a lot of that came from like the really fear-based rhetoric of like there is only one way and Mm -hmm. there's no other way that um, evangelical Christianity often presents but if you look at other religions it's kind of the same there too it's like everybody thinks they have the answer and I kind of don't really understand how like if there is a loving God who like cares about us how like he can send people who are doing everything right or trying their best to live a kind, good, loving life where Mm -hmm. they're being connected and conscious of the people around them. I don't really understand how there can fully be a hell. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that comes from my dance teacher, Marcy, was very, she was just like the most incredible, is the most incredible woman. I don't think she died. No, No, thank, thank God, no. She's still kicking and she's just like, the most wonderful woman but was very like 
was, you know, would call herself a Christian when I was, like, younger, but she had all this, like, kind of mysticism and these er esoteric beliefs. Like, she would have us, like, pull tarot cards and make Mm. a dance out of that. We would Mm -hmm. pull runes from a bag, and whichever one we got, we needed. Mm. At the end of every dance recital, she would have a bag full of semi-precious stones, and she'd be like, okay, reach in with your non-dominant hand, and you'll pull out the one you would need. And, like, clockwork, every time when I would go home and I'd look up what the stone was, it was precisely the little, like, message or the reminder the nod that I needed to like Mm -hmm. you know kind of like explore a new facet of myself and like get a new piece of identity Mm -hmm. and by the same token like I've been in like church conference rooms where I've been called out in a crowd if by like a preacher or somebody has come up to me and they've told me shit about myself that nobody has known oh wow and so it's like I've seen both sides of it Mm -hmm. so I can't where I'm at right now is I don't have enough evidence to disprove any of the shit that I experienced, Mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily know what to do with it either because like, you know, I've seen like, I've like had experiences with Marcy and seen like magic happen there, but I've also been in rooms where like, you know, pastors have called me out, but I've also been with running around a church building with my other high school friends trying to cast out demons and seeing disembodied figures. Yeah. Like I've seen some weird shit. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that like in my deconstruction of faith and really getting to the core of it, I can recognize the emotional manipulation I went through as a child that was, mm-hmm. you know, it's tactics that they're not always meant to harm people. It's right. not really meant to be weaponized, but it is this kind of emotional ma- manipulation of like trying to make God appear in a room by pulling everybody to the front. And if we all just raise our hands and really press in, we'll all start crying. And mm-hmm. then that's the Lord. And then like, like there's, you know, there's stuff that I'm like, okay, that's, that's not what that was. No, and like, that's just overwhelming to be in a room and everybody's doing the I'd cry too. <laughs> right and like there's like there's parts that are very like manufactured but there's also been very real tangible things that I have seen and experienced that I don't have any form of scientific or rational explanation for Mm -hmm. and I don't every now and then I'll have a conversation with like people who like pop up into my life when like you know the the church box gets open and they'll be like yo what the fuck Mm -hmm. and I'm like yeah I I don't know either but like it is what it is yeah and like one of my best friends in the entire world grew up in that culture with me and he is very he has this perception about him to where sometimes he'll just see something in somebody and Mm -hmm it's not like like it's almost like he picks up on their energy and is Mm -hmm. able to like be like oh you're going through this and this is what you need to know and it's Mm -hmm. like spot on and seeing Mm -hmm. that used in a very healthy and healing way very sparingly it's not like he's pulling up at every party and being like you're suffering from this and Jesus loves you and wants you to know this it's used like very intentionally Mm -hmm. at like special moments to see the healing power of that um kind of like understanding that that to me the easiest way to explain that is that that comes from a like god some Mm -hmm. form of god um that's a beautiful thing yeah but also knowing that there's no scientific way to like rationally explain that it just and it's not like he's like 
doing extensive research or like looking at specific like people you know or like being like oh I see dirt on your shoes so that means you know like Mm -hmm. doing the whole like Sherlock Holmes shit it's just like a very like organic thing that comes out of him yeah um so getting into the paranormal um how well we kind (coughs) of touched on it a little bit but well one let's just like tell some ghost stories because that's fun but also how do you think that like fits into the afterlife because I for sure believe that like weird shit happens Mm -hmm. that can't be explained Mm -hmm. I've seen a ghost Mm -hmm. and there are people who are more perceptive to it than others um like you could be living in the same house and one person's like oh like this shit happened and the other person's like well I didn't see that I believe very much so in ghosts and Mm -hmm. I also believe in demons and therefore I have to believe that there are good entities as well I believe in like you know non-harmful ghosts but Mm -hmm. I for sure believe in like demonic possession and like shit like that like I've seen some stuff I've heard some stories like But the thing is, like, because I really just, like, have always gravitated towards, like, ghost hunting and, like, poking around old houses and asking. One of my favorite things to ask people is when I first meet them, like, oh, you got any ghost stories? Because I think it's a wonderful way to kind of figure out where on the spectrum, like, they Mm -hmm. lie with all of that. Because some people are like, yeah, I've got them, but I won't tell you because, like, I don't. I don't mess with that stuff. Like, you've seen too much. I've had friends whose houses are very haunted. Like, like, I've seen and heard some things. But also, like, I've never... I don't know if I would say that I've, like, physically seen an entity. I've Mm -hmm. seen, like, you know, shadows moving and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I've felt very strong presences. But I think part of the reason I got into ghost hunting was just, like as a high schooler being like okay well if angels exist and if demons exist then why can't ghosts exist Mm -hmm. and I would love to find out if one did Mm -hmm. um and I don't know I think part of me is like I think it's like an unfinished business thing and part of me thinks that it's like if you're really like like if you're really stubborn, I feel like you can figure out a way to stick around for a little bit longer. Like I kind of feel like some people get that option. And Mm -hmm. then I also believe in like spirits of like, like I've had a lot of friends talk about like experiences with like spirits of loved ones. They really believe coming back and like saying hello or just giving them a small sign that Mm -hmm. they're around and like looking out for them. Like I like, yeah. So there's there's a lot of things um I think like I think I don't really know if I have an answer for how it all fits in I think that I believe in it and that I've seen too many things and also heard too many stories and Mm -hmm. also just have done way too much extensive research into it like just like (laughs) to a point that it's like I dragged all of um I dragged all of my friend group to go on a paranormal investigation of a haunted dam for my 21st oh, birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was like, Oh, this will be fun to do, uh-huh. which is like, you know, like currently where I'm at is like, I'm very down to like go on a, like a tour of a place that's haunted. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very down to like go to a museum. The Zach Baggins museum oh, is on yeah. my bucket list. Mm-hmm. Like very, very down to do that when it comes to like, 
going out of my way to schedule like a paranormal investigation of like don't get me wrong there's an asylum in kentucky that like they I do i want to go to it so right bad. i there's part of me that's like be pretty fun yeah. be pretty cool but also there is a part of me that's like on that on that damn tour like there was something there was something there that didn't feel great mm-hmm. and like low-key afterwards felt almost like I think maybe it was the group of people to a degree because it was like I would say three-fourths of the group were very much like we don't believe in ghosts. It's your birthday. We love you. Mm-hmm. Well, sure, of course we'll go look at this abandoned dam. This sounds like a fun, like, Chattanooga outing. Like, yeah. let's go. And then the other fourth of the group was, like, people who for sure believed it, um, including a girl who came who I didn't know very well who had a horrible experience with the Ouija board when she oh, no. was growing up, had no idea it was an actual paranormal investigation. Her friend mm-hmm. who brought her thought we were just going on, like, a haunted tour of Chattanooga mm-hmm. um and that proved it was like man I'll just tell the story so like I found this dam a year prior me and my friends like went there at three in the morning a few of them just to take a picture of the building mm-hmm. we were like not trying to go in because we knew there was probably some security and two of the friends in the car wouldn't get out and like wouldn't even get out because the thing oh, is wow. scary in the dark it's mm-hmm. like looming it's also in the middle of like backwoods tennessee so that's never mm-hmm. a great thing mm-hmm. scary white <clears throat> people live there yeah very scary <laughs> white people and like me and this dude we get out of the car we're like walking down the beach and we start hearing footsteps on the beach and we're like looking around to make sure it's not like water splashing against a dock but it's distinctly footsteps on gravel mm-hmm. um the footsteps stop he's like uh do you want to leave or do you want to get closer and i'm like i want to get closer we just <laughs> drove 30 minutes to get here and the car almost broke down three times <laughs> like like come on let's go so we yeah. like get closer and like the second our feet like step on the grass like next to this dam um, we hear the footsteps running towards us and oh my God. we took off, we got in the car and left. And then I was like, oh, I've got to, I got to go back there. Cause mm-hmm. that was, you know, more of my, my cowboy days of like, uh, <laughs> you know, going to abandoned buildings and looking for ghosts. So like this tour was led by like actual paranormal investigators with mm. all the fun tools, spirit boxes, the whole nine yards. And like, we're going throughout the building and it's massive. There's like the main house where there's like a whirlpool and like the exposed floor that's like naturally occurring and it's like allegedly where the spirits of Mm. the undead go and like collect there you know like Mm -hmm. all that great zach baggins ghost adventures shit yeah this was also featured on an episode of ghost adventures was it highly recommend it oh i don't think i've seen that one it's it's like up there with like Goatman bridge in my favorite Mm. episodes um because i also love ghost adventures yeah naturally Mm -hmm. um the main room's like fine we did see some weird they had motion sensors that like lit up and it looked like there was something walking towards us and it Mm -hmm. was like oh that's kind of fun we went up to the second floor and like it's also a really funny building because it's like it's these investigators so it's like they bring like dolls and toys for children to play with so like there's uh like all these creepy dolls just lying everywhere and like toys and just like eerie and they turn on the spirit box and it's very very normal it's just like the static one word and they're like he said jim and everybody's (laughs) like whoa and you know it's kind of hokey and then we there's tunnels underneath it so they're like okay we'll go to the tunnels now and the second we get in the tunnels I feel like this weight on my chest like someone's like physically like pressing up against me Mm -hmm. 
and I haven't felt that way since um when I was in high school and me and my friends were in this church trying to cast out demons anyway Mm. that's that's a story that is for a different day Mm -hmm. but I'm like okay this is weird (laughs) and I'm like oh have you seen like my boyfriend I'm like looking for him and the investigators are like oh yeah that half of the group split off and they went up to the third floor on this side of the dam he's like here I'll take you to the stairs so he takes me through the tunnels up to the stairs and I walk up the stairs and I get to the third floor and nobody's up there and I'm like oh ho I can investigate on my own oh my god I'd be so terrified (laughs) which is like you know, big liability, but I was like, mm-hmm. fuck it. I'm going to look around. Well, they took you up there, so. Yeah, they let me go up there by myself, yeah. so I said, okay. <laughs> so I was, you know, strolling around. It's, like, very beautiful, brutalist structure, you know, mm-hmm. kind of decrepit, creepy, and I'm, like, just kind of looking. I'm, like, if anybody wants to say what's up, like, I'm here. Like, let's talk. Like, mm-hmm. I don't mean you any harm. Just want to see if you're around. And I, like, don't feel anything, and I'm like, okay. And I go back to the stairs, and I see this room, and I'm like, oh, I'll go in there. And the second – it's this bathroom. And the second I walked into the door, I felt that feeling again on my chest, Mm -hmm. but, like, probably, like, three times stronger to where I couldn't walk further in the room. And I felt, like, a lot of anxiety and fear of, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. I'm very, very curious, and part of me wants to press closer, but I kind of get the feeling that whatever is up here, if there is anything, is a lot older and a lot bigger than me, and I don't want to piss it off. Yeah. So so I was like, okay, very cool. So I go back downstairs, and the investigator's like, did you see anything? (laughs) And I'm like... Um, no, but I did get this, like, feeling, and I told him how I felt in the tunnels and in the bathrooms, and he's Mm -hmm. like, yep, I mean, there's two demons in the building, and one lives in the tunnels, and one lives in the bathroom, and I was like, okay, very cool, I was like, very fun and fresh, whatever, kind of freaked out, I'm like, okay, like, whatever, and so then they're like, okay, let's all get together, and let's do one, let's do another session with the spirit box, so they Mm -hmm. pull out the spirit box, starts out like normal we're the whole group's together we're all in this circle and it starts the static like normal and then the static breaks and it's this voice that sounds like 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 grinding and like (laughs) in another language Uh and I think I'm picking out words in it but I'm like I don't know what I'm hearing like Mm -hmm. this is weird this is and everybody in the group is like very visibly uncomfortable the investigators are kind of like their eyes are big like everybody's a little bit shook up and then it breaks from the grinding noise in the same voice and starts saying the Lord's Prayer oh yikes which at that point one of the girls who thought it was a Chattanooga haunted adventure Mm -hmm. starts who's very Christian um she starts going in the name of jesus i rebuke you and you have no dominion over here and she starts freaking the fuck out oh my god and the investigators are kind of looking around and like eventually the voice stops and they're like um we're gonna end the session and they say goodbye and they're like we're all just kind of standing there for a second and then the friend of the girl who had the ouija board experience is like Mm -hmm. i can't move there's a 10 pound weight on my head and the investigators are like okay that's it and it was supposed to be an overnight investigation Uh it's midnight at that point we've only been there for like four hours they're like okay we're gonna end this um we're just gonna sage her real quick and like say a blessing and try to take care of this but everybody outside and they like took us outside and everybody was kind of a little bit like 
shook up come to find out people were hearing while I was up on the third floor like children crying a woman laughing like very they were hearing weird stuff wow and like I pulled my friend aside and we were kind of talking about it and I was like yeah so when it broke out into that grinding voice like I thought I picked out a couple words like it sounded like another language to me and he like stopped and he was like what did it say what were the words Mm -hmm. and I was like well I heard servants and I heard masters and Mm. my friend was like okay who also is very rational level-headed um was like okay so uh what you heard I understood every word of it because prior to that I was sitting at the end of the hall and said if I ask you a question I and you answer me I'll never tell anybody what you said oh my god and he was like and that was a part of the answer and I was like okay oh my god we drove away and we like got like food and right as we got out of our car we saw an entire convention of furries walking towards (laughs) us so it was a a very fun it was a very fun spooky um occasion but since then I kind of like I went to the Bell Witch property Mm -hmm. last um November I believe on you know some kind of trespassing stuff yeah I remember you doing that and it was really um one I as it was happening I was like I'm kind of too old to be trespassing anymore (laughs) I was like kind of too old for this we had to like it was a whole endeavor we like printed out a map we mapped out where we were parking the car yeah, like you have to park far to get to it yeah you have to gonna... you have to park far and you have to cross over two property lines mm. and it was like the first property line fine but the second we crossed over into like the, the adams family property it was like weird it got yeah. like a million times darker the moon disappeared like mm. it was like very very heavy and weird and everybody started getting freaked out and like Mm -hmm. thinking they were hearing and seeing things and like when we turned around the second we crossed back over the adams family property line Mm -hmm. shit you not we heard a woman laughing behind us like an old woman cackling like from a distance and we're like oh okay and i was kind of like after that i was kind of like you know like i love it it's Mm -hmm. fun but also to a point it's like some shit can I truly believe shit can follow you home and stick with you yeah and while I have a lot of curiosity and I would like to like you know explore more of like it'd be super cool to like see a ghost or have a hundred percent proof um because you know those experiences those could be rationalized like you know the ghost like the ghost people they could have used a spirit box with a pre-recorded script this could be Mm -hmm. a thing they do to get rid of people who they don't like Mm -hmm. you know like the Adams family thing, like it literally could have been a woman in a house, even though you know there's nobody on the property and there wasn't she a just, house like, nearby. Saw you running and started laughing. Yeah, like there could have been a million things, yeah. and that's kind of the fun of it to mm-hmm. a degree, and that's the addictive nature of it. At least for me, is like right. you come so close to almost brushing with this other thing that proves the existence of some form of afterlife, mm-hmm. and that our spirits continue on. Yeah. Um, but I also have had friends who have had like you know experiences playing with Ouija boards that like their families have had to move and Mm. like things like that which Mm -hmm. it's like you know like you can only take people at their word right yeah so it is just like this thing that I am very very 
curious about that mm-hmm. I do believe there's things out there but I think my days of at least like you know trespassing on abandoned properties are like I think I'm cool on that unless yeah. it's like a really good opportunity and I can't like skip it up you know yeah yeah I am also very interested in the paranormal and have done a few tours here and there but I do wonder too like I would hate to like exploit these people who are for some reason stuck yeah like they died a long time ago and now it's like a tourist attraction and yeah they're just like stuck there for whatever reason and then here come all these people who are like trying to make money off of it and trying to like disturb them yeah um and it's interesting because my parents have lived one of the the house that they lived in when I was born was haunted and then they actually lived in a mortuary when they first moved to California that like shit would happen there but anytime they've gone on like stuff that could not be explained so you're saying um, you lived the haunting of hill house just without the house yeah basically wow <laughs> um but anytime that i've gone on like a haunted tour or my parents have gone on a haunted tour if my dad's been with me well the only ones i've been on my dad's been with me um and like the tour guides and they could just be saying this like oh like this has happened and like people have gotten pictures and this and that but my dad's like anytime I go on one like they don't come out they don't Mm. like nothing happens and there's this theory within the funeral director world that like ghosts shy away from funeral directors interesting and i wonder if it's just because like it reminds them of the fact that they are dead yeah um however bell witch cave which is one of the places where the tour guide was like yeah like we've heard noises people have gotten pictures of course it was me and my dad exploring nothing happened but when we were walking out of the cave getting ready to leave he was walking in front of me and i feel like I might have shown you this picture but I have a picture and I have like an orb on his back yeah and it clearly it looks like this thing is like pushing him out of the Whoa. cave um and I've had some photographer people like look at the photo and they're like no I don't think there's any way like that would be the light catching on the photo and there wasn't a flash wow um so yeah that's that's the one thing where I'm like I don't I feel like I'm super interested in it and I would love well, maybe not love to experience it, but, like, I'm open to experiencing yes. things. But I also, like, do feel weird about, like, going for entertainment value. If it is these people who have died and, like, they're stuck there, like, that fucking sucks for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing about, like, I'm for sure trying to visit the Zach Baggins Museum, mm-hmm. but also Baggins. Sorry, Mr. Baggins. I don't know how to say it either. It's Baggins to me. <laughs> um... Like, just, like, the things that are in there are Mm -hmm. very, like, like, some of it's just, like, Robert the Doll, or, like, you know, like... Robert the Doll's fucking terrifying. Very scary. (laughs) Like, you know, like, children's toys, or, like, Mm -hmm. paintings, or things that have been taken from places that mysteriously burned down after him. But then it's, like, he also has, like, the fucking, like, like, the... The van that, like, that one doctor who murdered. Oh, Dr. Kevorkian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He has that there along with, like, shit that's got, like, blood on it. And it's kind of like, what are you doing at that point? He, I think he bought, I think it was what Charles Manson 
died in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, while it's like part of me is like very like fascinated by it and mm-hmm. it's like, it would be kind of cool to see that. There's also a point of like where it's like, is this like ethical? Because at right. the same time as like, while it's like, ooh, spooky, scary, fun, and like mm-hmm. also just like fascinating to like see the atrocities that like humans can commit, there's mm-hmm. also a point of it's like, these are real people who right. lived real lives who have real family members who mm-hmm. are still around and it's mm-hmm. like if you know lord forbid my mother was murdered and then zach baggins fucking bought you know the knife or yeah. like whatever else i'd be like yo like what yeah like that's so ridiculous even that uh documentary demon house that he have you seen that yet no. uh-uh. oh my gosh you'll love it but basically there was like this house in um oh i forget it's like a city with like it's like one of the highest crime rates like and like mm-hmm. poverty levels in the US mm-hmm. but a house that was like allegedly very haunted um he bought it from this family and then like made a whole documentary on like what happened there and oh, was wow. like interview and it's like part and like literally like there's a really problematic part of the documentary where it's like a girl who grew up there like a mom with her kids like pulled up and they like looked through the house and then allegedly like the daughter who was acting a little bit weird then tried to um take her own life a few weeks after Mm -hmm. and then they have a whole scene where they're in a church and trying to exercise the demon out of her and it's Mm -hmm. like I watched it on Halloween with a friend and we're like ha ha he he up until that point we're all like okay if they're faking it it's fine but like if you take it at face value like how is that ethical in what world like and I mean that's that's the mother like for putting the child on like saying like here we're gonna film your exorcism after Mm -hmm. like you have tried to take your own life like that's so it's like there's all these ethics involved in it too which is kind of why like I shy away from like I'm not like actively like in cities that I'm traveling to like looking up like what haunted spots are there anymore Mm -hmm. it's kind of a thing of like y'all go on the tour I'll go like see the Queen Mary like Mm -hmm. all that um but I'm not gonna go out of my way to like be on someone's property like in Pegram like a thing that I went that it was just like a neighborhood that I drove through and I was like this is very anticlimactic but it's like there's allegedly a very haunted neighborhood in Pegram yeah that because of the 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 flood the the flood and then the those stores keep burning down yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like there's so many places in Nashville like that that just have this history of like Mm -hmm no successful business has ever been run there or like things keep burning down or like places don't say occupied or no one mm-hmm. will stay there after a certain hour and like literally at our old store that we used to work at like the fact there was a dude who had a heart attack in the aisle and it right. used to be a bookstore and then also allegedly allegedly <laughs> the bookstore owner was into the occult and like oh. practice stuff in the back wasn't room. he also kind of maybe a nazi yeah Yeah. both of those things and then the clock in the count room would never you know would Mm -hmm. always stop at the same time and Mm -hmm. then a couple of our coworkers allegedly heard growling coming from that room and it's kind of like there's some things that I don't need to know about yeah like there's just some things that it's like I can live a very happy and fulfilled life even though it is interesting Mm -hmm. without like 
you know, hearing like all the gruesome details, like it is fascinating, but at the, there is like a point, and I don't think it's bad to be fascinated by ghosts, obviously, case mm-hmm. in point, I'm talking about it, but there is a point where you kind of have to consider like, okay, these are real people who were alive, right. had families and friends, and like, what is this about, like, what is this that's so captivating to me? Mm-hmm. And for me, I think it boils down of like, proof that there's something else after we pass i think that Mm. like people can stick around yeah yeah oh wow that's crazy yeah and and i think i think the conclusion i'm coming to is that we just like will we'll never know until we die maybe and then maybe not and then maybe we will and it's like very scary mm-hmm. but also really really like oh no it's like a fun a fun thing to look forward to of like maybe i'll get some answers after all this yeah. is said and done yeah maybe i won't unless you get stuck in your house until the end of days i and you haunt the people that live there after you i sure <laughs> would hope that's not the case yeah it sounds miserable yeah i feel like I don't know like and that's the thing it's like if ghosts stick around right like what causes someone to Mm -hmm. stick around and I think it's like I don't know either unfinished business being really just angry and bitter and jaded and Mm -hmm. like refusing to die Mm because I think some people are so stubborn and have that willpower that they'll be like nope and then Mm -hmm. the universe or whatever is like well fine this is what (laughs) you get you can stay (laughs) or people who are very confused and just don't understand I think that's the easiest explanation it's just like the non-acceptance like acceptance of death Mm -hmm. but also I don't know I've never talked to a ghost yeah you know I also wonder they talk about like the earth's gravitational pull being different in like different places yeah um because I think, I think Bell Witch is like that. I know that the cave is underneath a Native American burial site. True. And that's part of why they say it's haunted. But I also think that there's some weird, like, gravity, magnetic field, something happening there. They say the same for the Sharon Tate Roman Polanski house. Yeah. That that hill has some, like, weird pull. Um, so I wonder if that maybe has something to do with it, too. Even though Cause if we I are, don't think she is haunting, from what I've heard. If we are haunting. energy, that lines up. Right. Like, if our spirits are just energy, that would logically, like, scientifically make the most sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I also think human stubbornness and willpower has to, absolutely. Has to play. Well, absolutely, because that goes into... Um, people essentially who are like terminally ill and they're about to die or they're really old and they're about to die but they don't because it's like well Christmas is coming up and so I want to be around through the holidays or like some big family milestone is happening Mm -hmm. and they want like they're holding on to see that thing happen and then they die after that that's the craziest thing I remember like hearing about that for the first time several years ago and it just blowing my mind Mm -hmm. and like there's so much of like just like human will and like yeah. that fight like I don't know I like up until like learning a little bit more about that I very much was like either your body's strong enough or it's not and now mm-hmm. it's like no there's a whole mental thing oh too. absolutely yeah um so you kind of touched on this a little bit but it's always mm-hmm. the question I like to end with um does knowing that you're gonna die someday affect 
how you live either like day to day or long term and whether that's like with relationships or career wise or just like all of it at all yes I think that it's very easy um especially because it's very easy to not take it into account and just kind of go through the motions and like live every day and just like check off all the boxes but like when something arises which I think is like why I love horror movies so much because it reminds me of my mortality and Mm -hmm. like kind of like oh yeah it's like all this is temporary like Mm -hmm. this pain is temporary this joy these beautiful relationships all of it's temporary so it definitely does like fuel me to very much like chase what I love be very frank with the people I love about how I feel Mm -hmm. and like not take like when I'm thinking about it not take so much shit for granted there is the other side of it where it is like 2 a.m. and I'll be like, all my friends and family are gonna die, and like then, and you know, just like freaking them. Be very fuck paralyzing. Out. Yeah, super paralyzing. But like, there's what I am like grappling with is just kind of resting in like, there is literally nothing I can do to prevent death other mm-hmm. than just like take care of myself and live a good life. Like, we're all gonna die, it's all gonna happen to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> roll credits oh god <laughs> but uh, but uh like yeah it's a, it's a scary and humbling thing and it also kind of puts everything into perspective like the mm. people you respect and admire like they're just as like they're they're going to die too they're mm-hmm. like they're going to be fallible i think like a moment um that hit me was when David Bowie died. Mm. I woke up and I felt like something was wrong and then looked Mm. at my phone and saw that he passed. And I was like, how does a light that bright just like go out? And like, obviously he lives And then he had an an amazing album come out after that. Which is (laughs) like, it just like, that's one of the best. Like you talk about like artists who die and then their music is released post death. Mm -hmm. Like that's probably the best case scenario for that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just kind of like understanding that it's like, you know, I won't live forever, but like the things that I leave behind in some way, shape or form will. So I want to make sure that like as I'm creating and I'm making, I'm doing it consciously and to my most like full ability instead of like, you know, just going through the motions. It's humbling, but yeah. yeah. So long story short, death scares me (laughs) a lot. But it also is something that I can't change. Yeah. And so I just want to be good to the people I love. I like that. That's good. That's what we should all do. Man, I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to, like, anyway, it's been a long time. But, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Caroline. You can find Caroline at at Caroline underscore red on Instagram. I will also add the link to her Instagram in this episode's description. I greatly appreciate your continued support of It Happens to Us. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and rate this podcast so I can continue the discussion on something that happens to all of us. Thank you and see you next time. This episode was hosted, produced, and edited by yours truly, 
Devin Noel Snyder. Intro music by Cat Elizabeth and graphics by Alexis Casson. Mm-hmm.